Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. How do you make sure that you're making time for God when things get crazy, especially when it involves ministry? Do you find grace there? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. This is the Engaging Missions Show, episode 206 with Stephen Hamilton. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for stopping by and welcome to the show. We want to see the body of Christ fully engaged in God's mission on the earth. This week, we're going to be talking about hosting short-term missions teams, developing relationships, developing a quality of devotional life, and some of the things that are related to that. At the end of the show, I'm going to have a podcast recommendation for you. I would like to welcome Steve, who recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page. If you would like to do that as well, you can go to facebook.com slash engagingmissions or just stop by the website and click one of the links to Facebook. And Steve, welcome. It's great to have you. Also, I am in the middle of a fundraiser for Global Initiative. If you'd like to know more about Global Initiative, what they're doing to equip the body of Christ, and why I'm involved in this fundraiser, go to engagingmissions.com slash fund16. And with that, I'd like to introduce to you Stephen Hamilton. He is our guest today. He is the outreach pastor at Bowdown Church in Florida. He's got a great history of ministry, and his ministry is unique in that he works a lot with youth in an inner city church where they're ministering to the community, and he has great opportunities to pour into the lives of the people around him. This was an absolutely wonderful conversation. I loved my time with Stephen, and I think you're going to love it as well. Awesome. Well, Stephen, welcome to the show. I'm really glad to have you here. This is just an absolute privilege. Thanks for joining us. You're, You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It is totally my pleasure. So, you know, we're going to talk some about short-term missions, about doing quality devotions, and about building relationships. But before we get too far into that, I also kind of want to just talk a little bit about short-term missions in general. And I'm wondering, are there any ways that you've seen short-term missions have a positive impact in people's lives? Yeah, I, I definitely do. Looking back over my history of short-term missions, my own personal encounters when I went on, on the mission trip, And now that I'm in a position where there are a large number of mission trips that I've got to oversee as people have come in to minister in our community, I do think it is beneficial. But just everything that is beneficial, there's always the flip side, things where that could be unbeneficial, the the issues, problems, and regrets that you might have to live with sometimes sometimes. But overall, I do believe that short-term missions is, is a very good thing. I, I think in my life, when I, was, when I was in high school, 
I can't remember going on any short-term missions, but when I went into college, I started my freshman year going on short-term missions. And I went to Liberty Mm -hmm. University and I went there to get a degree in youth ministry. And the Lord just providentially put me on a ministry team and very unique style of ministry team. We would jump off trampolines and dunk basketballs. So it's kind of like an (laughs) acrobatic show. That's great. And we would... Yeah, we would travel all over the East Coast. And I did that from freshman year to the year I graduated. I was on that team and and we just traveled all over preaching the gospel. And there were many times, spring breaks and summer, that we were on week-long mission trips. And, and they just did so much for me and the other people on the team. Served, it served in powerful ways to really bless Wow. So was that team then the catalyst that kind of transitioned you from a focus in youth ministry to a focus on missions and outreach? Yes, sir. Yeah, I went to Liberty University and it's funny, my desire and dream was to play basketball, to try to be a walk on there, to make it on the next level. And if I didn't make it, I was going to go back home to North Carolina and just find a good church and work under a youth pastor and Mm -hmm. work my way up into a church and become a youth pastor but God put me on this team, and and what happened is just through the relationships and through the years, God really transformed a lot of things in my life. And when when it came time for graduation, one of the guys that was on the team had already came down here and was working at Urban Youth Impact in the inner city here, and he invited me down mm-hmm. for the summer, and the summer ended up being a lot longer. And here I am, <laughs> seventeen years later. Wow, <laughs> or, or, or uh, fifteen years later. That, that is that is amazing. And, you know, I think it speaks a little bit to the power of relationship and how God can often work through, you know, speak to us through the things that other people do. Have you found that to be a consistent thing in your life? Absolutely. Yeah. God, God brought, <laughs> looking back over my life, I laugh because it's like every different season of my life, God brought people into my life. And those people, those relationships were crucial. Just the way that God used them to direct my course, to chart my path, and to keep me on the straight and narrow. Oh, man, it, it's been an amazing ride, that's, amazing picture. That, that's great. And, and I would assume that now, in the position that you're in, you're probably also that person for some other people. Have you found that you have the opportunity to speak into people's lives as you build relationships? Yeah, that that is something that, man, it's, it's hard not to tear up. <laughs> I am so blessed. And it's a great, it's a, it's a humbling thing to know that there are many people looking towards you for advice, for counsel, for comfort, for, for the wisdom in, in their lives when they're in pivotal moments trying to make decisions. And so in this, in this ministry here, there are a lot of young guys that I work with. There are also a lot of college age kids that I work with. And then there's a lot of people in the community I work with. And so that's that's one of the huge benefits of of doing what I do that I get to experience being that for other people and especially those crucial moments those crucial times when tough decisions have to be made regarding what's their next step in life or what God's calling them to and when they come and they ask for for my advice or ask for prayer it's a humbling thing <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that. And, you know, just speaking from my experience, I'm a bit of a task oriented person. And it seems like a lot of times if there's somebody in my life who, who needs something from me, a lot of times that also comes when I have my own thing to do, or I have a project that I'm focused on or something like that. How do you, 
How do you keep yourself focused on building those relationships and being available to speak into people's lives with all of the other things that are going on in your life? Well, honestly, I, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things every day. It's a new task on how am I going to do that <laughs> each day? I, uh, I, I, I try to stay very scheduled to the point of scheduled to the point of, I don't have to rush from one thing to the next. I find mm. when I'm rushing from one, one thing to the next, it's more difficult for me to live out my calling. And so and that I don't mean that I stay home all day <laughs> and tell everyone no either. <laughs> yeah. Right before this interview, I was moving an elderly lady in our church. So I was hoping everything would get done in time. I could get home, get a shower, get changed and get here to get everything set up. Wow. But I am I'm I'm very scheduled. I, I have a lot going on. I not only work as the outreach pastor at Bowdown Church and it's a church plant to the inner city. And I live here as well. I'm also married with three little children as well. I've got a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a four-year-old, my wife, Sharon, and I, three little ones. And then I'm also in school. So I go to Palm Beach Atlantic University pursuing my MDiv as well. And I only do one or two classes at a time. So it's always something on my plate to do. And there's always a list that needs to be done. But the people that I'm discipling and mentoring, those are at the top priority. So basically when my phone goes off, unless you're Pastor Chris, our senior pastor, uh-huh. or you're one of those people that I disciple or mentor, I'm probably not answering the phone. <laughs> wow. So, so I, I I expect voicemails and emails and texts, and I, I try to schedule when I can get back to people. But the, the list is, is, there's always a list of things to do. And there's always with every new day, someone that needs something else. And so I just try to not get let myself get bombarded and I set boundaries so I can live out my calling to be a relational pastor who's there for those who are under my care. Wow. I, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I'm, I'm listening to you and you're, it's like you're a brother from another mother because I'm kind of the same way. You know, there are a few people that I will answer my phone for, but like if, if I don't know that number, I'd, I don't answer. And so I am so honored yeah. that you, you yeah. took the time to do this. I just, I appreciate being able to connect and getting, you know, th- your time is precious. You've got a family, you've got all of these things. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I, I would suspect that you also make your time with God a priority. How do you, how do you, do you work that into the schedule? How, do, how does that work in your life? May I tell you what, I have had to really discipline myself to wake up early. Okay. Now, also, just to give you a disclaimer, I have a great love to read and grow in knowledge mm-hmm. about the things of God, about God. So yeah, I just I just got out of a week-long intensive that finished up yesterday in Romans. And so I, I love to dive into His Word and to read and to study and to pray about His Word. And so my alarm clock, Monday through Friday, goes off at 4 a.m. Oh, wow. Now, on Saturday and Sunday, I give myself a little bit more sleep. But this morning I was up at 530 and I gave myself before anyone else was awake in the house. I got at least an hour and a half in Corinthians and Proverbs and prayer. And so uh, that's one of the one of the crucial times for me day in and day out. And, you know, there are days I, I do miss it, you know, but for the most part, every day, it's so important for me to take that time to sit, drink my coffee, and pray through the mm. Proverbs for the day. That's, that's kind of how I start off my day. I go in the kitchen, get my coffee, 
And then I sit down and I read the Proverbs for the day and I pray in the Proverbs. And so, and this week I'm starting in Corinthians. So I picked up a Corinthians commentary that I started in last night before I went to bed and then just carried on in, in the, into mm-hmm. it this morning. And so being, being married with kids and a pastor and in school, I, I just, I had to train myself to get up earlier. And so at, at the beginning, it was six o'clock and then I saw I needed more time and then it was five o'clock and, oh, wow. and now I'm at four o'clock and it's just cherished time before the world wakes up that I get to spend with my creator. Wow, that, that's great. You know, I was going to ask if there was something in particular that led you toward that four o'clock. For, for me, it's usually five o'clock and I, I actually struggle a little bit even when I am up to, to make that time sacred. So I, I appreciate that you're able to do that. Do you, are you then able to take those devotional times, you know, what God speaks to you, what you're learning and, and make that part of your everyday life and your ministry opportunities? Yeah, ab- absolutely. For example, today, as I was studying in Corinthians, I learned that Paul starts First Corinthians by showing that he's very thankful for the koinonia, mm. the koinonia, the the fellowship of those in Jesus Christ, and he's thanking the church and thanking God for them. Now you know that First Corinthians, he's going to have to handle a lot of, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot, he's going to have to set them straight on a lot of things. But he starts his time off by thanking God for for the church, and he has an attitude of gratitude. So one of the guys that 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 is younger than me that works here in the ministry and and is a part of our church. He texted me yesterday about some things going on that had to do with fellowship and how he was having a hard time loving people in the fellowship. And so I was able to use what I got out of Corinthians today to answer his text this morning and share with him what God had given me from my morning devotions, exactly what he sent the text on. So it it was a blessing. That's huge. Now, let's shift that, though, and let's talk about when you're on outreach or when you're on a short-term mission okay. trip or something like that. How, how do you—do you continue your normal process? How do you approach your personal devotions when, when you're on something focused like that? First off, let me—I let me, I, want to yeah. make, make something plain. I, I don't want to mislead the audience okay. in any way. Monday through Friday, when I wake up at 4, I, I have about 45 minutes that I spend— and then I go to the gym with one of the guys that I disciple and then sometimes other guys. And we work out at 5 a.m. Monday through Friday. Hmm. So that also helps with the getting up early. And then I go back and finish. Ah. So that's one of the things that that helps me at the four o'clock time as well. So it's not a prolonged time of sitting. So I just wanted to share that because I didn't want anyone to feel like, man, there's no way I could ever do that. <laughs> I, I am I am at 5 a.m. starting to to move around and get into the gym, and then that wakes me up even more. So okay. uh, anyway, I just wanted to make that plain yeah. for the listeners. As far as being on a mis- during a mission trip and when things are extra busy, you may miss some here and there. But if you have a lifestyle where it's continual, I find that it doesn't really affect me much. Last week, I was in this week-long intensive for school, and it was a Romans intensive. So I was up, and I skipped the gym pretty much last week, and I was up early every morning working on assignments and studying for the final exam yesterday, and then late into the night doing the same. So basically from from 6 a.m. to 9 o'clock at night, I was giving myself to this intensive. Now, because it's because it's scripture, you know, I'm, I'm studying the word of God and, and I'm sitting in class learning about God. Mm-hmm. But but I missed my own my own time that I usually have where everything's quiet and I'm focused in on what God's given me for that day through that proverb and what I'm reading. I didn't have that last week as much as I would like. 
but because it's a continual lifestyle and that was just a, a three or four day occurrence, mm. I felt that it didn't really affect me. So what I'm saying is in the busyness of missions, performing missions, performing, doing things on mission, if you have gone and in, gone into that mission and it's already become a lifestyle for you, you've learned and you've, you're getting to the place where you're abiding in Christ nonetheless, and you're communicating with God. So, so be it shoveling dirt or digging a hole to put a post in for a fence or, or laying concrete or feeding the homeless or whatever that mission is, you can be doing that work and abiding in Christ at the same time, worshiping him while you're doing it, communicating to him. You don't, uh, you don't always have to be on your knees with your eyes closed, singing a worship song to worship God. You know, it's a lifestyle. And in that serving and in that abiding, if you've already developed a lifestyle, it should be continuing during the mission, hopefully. I, I love that you shared that and, and the way that you shared that, the reminder that it's all together, that it's all that unity, that, that, that it's all our worship. And, you know, that, that's part of our relationship with God. Are, are you also able, you know, when you're discipling people or when you're involved in some kind of missions outreach to encourage people in their own devotional lives? It, it dep- you know, it depends. Okay. It, it depends on how well... I'm connecting with any given person in a group. There's so many different dynamics to a group coming in. So for instance, for example, I've had groups in where it's been four or five different pastors leading different groups of 20 to 30 people Mm. and just so busy trying to line up everyone else. I'm not really connecting with any students or any people anyone that's on the mission trip besides the leader and that leader can be so busy trying to connect all the dots. We could, we could do a lot of missions and really never really connect. Mm. But then when the groups are smaller and the groups are, are not as busy, the chance for connection is even greater. And so there has been times, there's been a lot of times where that has happened. There's been connection. There's been discipleship. There's been some, some deep connections, not as much as I would like, because of the busyness, but it does happen. It, it kind of, I feel it kind of all depends on the leaders and how well they're communicating and connecting with one another and the opportunities that get provided. Okay. Yeah. That, if, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. And you know, there's, there's a lot of truth about relationships there because I think sometimes we can look at this kind of thing and go, well, I should have a deep personal relationship with every single person or every single group. And that's, that's not really realistic because you're not going to connect with every person at the same level. And so, you know, just you sharing that, that might actually provide some freedom for somebody who's going, man, I just really need to deliver on this, whatever it was. And maybe it's not something Mm -hmm. that God has called them to, or he's maybe not pouring his, his life onto that relationship at at this time. Are there ways that, you know, when things are kind of feeling like you're not connecting or things are too busy that you continue to encourage yourself in the Lord to keep on going and to, to keep things moving forward? Yeah. If, if I feel like I'm not where I need to be in the middle of mission in in the middle of the, the hassle of everything that might be going wrong or, or if there's a mission group and they're not satisfied or, mm. or, you know, you, you don't know what could happen. One time I had a mission team out um, helping me early in the morning. We were serving coffee and pancakes to the kids and to the people going to school. And there was this man in the community and he came up and he he started taking our stuff and and trying to mess up 
the ministry that we were doing. He was trying to pour out the orange juice. He was trying to throw our food on the ground. He was really trying to keep us from being able to do what we, we were doing. And I just felt, oh, this is going horrible. But, and he was he was uh, saying some pretty bad things to the to the mission group as well. And these were all pretty much freshmen in college and they were in for the whole week staying with us. And I just felt I just felt, man, this is going horrible. They're, they're probably not going to want to come back. They're probably going to yeah. relay some ba- some bad things, negative messages to their leaders. But at the end of the week, as I was getting feedback, some of the most powerful times during that week was during that moment when they saw how the enemy was attacking and how this man who who he was trying to discourage, it, it actually impacted them more and encouraged them more to want to mm. change things in the community, to want to do things. So there's a realization that in my moments of feeling, oh, things aren't going well, or I could do better, or I'm just not where I need to be, I need I need to depend on his grace. When I, when I am weak, he's strong. And even though I feel like I may be failing in that moment, I need to focus on him. I need to keep my eyes on Christ and he, he will and can take whatever's happening and use it for good. And so trying to change the mindset, trying to glorify God, keep your eyes on Christ so that you won't lose that peace because that's where our peace comes from by focusing on Christ and hiding in him and letting him handle that repenting of whatever you need to do if you've done anything and asking for forgiveness. But when there's that constant dependency on God and his strength to lead you, to guide you, to give you the wisdom to move in every step and every direction, you you begin to walk in a humility. Well, it's not mine. This is your mission, God. This is, these are your people. This is your, this is your doing. You have put me here. I'm I'm in your hands. Do with it whatever you will. And then you just begin to to fall back in his arms, so to speak, and abide in him. And and he, he strengthens me in those moments as, as I'm renewing my mind and focusing on him and his kingdom and what it's wanting to do. Wow, that that is an incredibly powerful reminder. And I especially appreciate you sharing what what that group saw when there was this attack, so to speak, against what you were doing and what God was doing through you. And that, you know, as we're kind of drawing this to a close, I'm wondering, you know, stuff is still happening. Is there anything that we can pray for you about? Just pray for the volunteers to keep coming in. The there's 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 things we do every day of the week. We have outreaches constantly going on. We're in apartment complexes. We are on the streets. We're in parks. We are we're doing a number of different things for the different people in our community. And so we need we need more volunteers. We need mentors to sign up to mentor these young people. We need people who are willing to disciple. And so the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. So praying for more and more laborers to come amongst us to share the gospel and to share the good news of his kingdom. Wow, that, that's good stuff. And for those of you that are listening, I would like to encourage you to just take a second, pause this, and do take some time to pray f- pray for th- these requests because your prayers, you know, they're incense before God's throne. And so I'd encourage you to do that. This has been an absolutely great conversation, Stephen. I could I could sit here and talk to you for hours. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, uh, thank you, Brian. Wasn't that an amazing conversation? It was so action-packed and so full of information and perspective. I felt like I could have talked to Stephen for quite some time longer, and I really appreciate him taking the time to do this. I'm hoping maybe at some point to get him back on the show because, man, that was good, and I really connected with him. 
I mentioned that I had a podcast I was going to recommend, and this is coming from missionalaudio.com. It's a great place to find podcasts and audiobooks focused on missions or church planting. This week's recommendation is the Missio Church podcast. Again, you can find that at missionalaudio.com. It focuses on church planting, and it's it's got some interesting perspective. You might want to check it out and give it a listen. It's maybe not going to fit for everybody, but it might be something that's good for you. And if, you, if you're interested in that, go to Missional Audio and just find the Missio Church podcast, and you can connect with it from right there. And then also, if you know of a missions-related podcast or audiobook, please let me know, because I would love to add that to the list at missionalaudio.com so that this could become a great place for people to find great podcasts and audiobooks related to missions and church planting and evangelism and all of the different kinds of things related to that. I would like to say thanks to Stephen Hamilton for taking the time to be with us. I absolutely love that conversation. I'd also like to thank Jeff and Gabby for the work that they do to make this possible. Show notes for this week's episode are available at engagingmissions.com slash Stephen Hamilton. That's engagingmissions.com slash S-T-E-P-H-E-N-H-A-M-I-L-T-O-N. That's engagingmissions.com slash Stephen Hamilton. You're going to want to check those out because it's a great place to connect with our guests and also to take action on what you've heard. Make sure that you come back next week. We're going to be hearing from Aaron Babyar. This is going to be his third appearance on the show now. And we're going to talk about writing support letters. This, is, this was also a wonderful conversation. If you want to make sure that you don't miss that episode, the best way to do that is to subscribe to the show using your favorite podcast app at engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And if you enjoyed this show or you know somebody who might benefit from it, please help us get that to them. Please help us spread the word. Your recommendation can help people connect with the resources that they need to be equipped, challenged, and inspired. And one last time, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. I would love to hear hear from you. Send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com, and I'll be here next week. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.